Hello and welcome to the Movie Quest podcast. This is a podcast where three friends talk about films and rate them against each other. Uh, you join us in the midst of our space season. Uh, last week we spoke about Paprika, which was Aaron's choice, uh, Japanese anime. And today we'll be speaking about a film featuring Nicolas Cage called Colour Out of Space. But before we get to that, I'm going to ask you as the audience to please get in touch with us because we'd like to hear your voice on the podcast. You can do that in a couple of different ways. Um, you can find us on Instagram at the Movie Quest, or send us an email at podcast at themoviequest.com. And we also have a website, which is themoviequest.com. Let us know how we're doing. If you've got any like film reviews that you want to share with us, like if you want to send us an audio recording, we'll play it. Or if you want to type us a letter, we'll read it out. Um, yeah, it would just be great to, to hear your thoughts. Um, so, yeah, but let's crack on with today's episode. So, and, and Aaron, how are you doing? Are you, you guys okay? Yeah, I'm good, yeah. Okay, nice. Yeah. Have you uh, um, been watching anything recently? Um, I I'll go. I can go first if you want. I think I went first last week, but I'll just go first go again. For it. Whatever. Um, I watched is a couple of weeks ago now. Um, Love and Monsters, the film that's on Netflix with Heather. Heather and I sat down for a lovely night in with probably some beer and pizza, and we watched this film. So the premise is. There's this meteor, it's heading towards Earth, and what happens is the planets unite and throw out fire loads of rockets at this meteor, and then what happens to the meteor when it sort of gets hit by these rockets, it breaks up into the atmosphere and just basically turns like every animal, plant, you know, anything um, into like human-eating monsters. So the humans basically get wiped out almost and they have to burrow underground and live underground because it's too dangerous to be above surface. So it's kind of got like a kind of fallout kind of vibe because everyone's in these like sort of weird fallout shelters. And it's as um, evolution, that vibe. Oh, it? yeah, it's kind of got a little bit of evolution. I mean, imagine if evolution, like, it was able to just grow and become a big thing yeah. all the way through. Um, the main character, Joel... Um, before this all happened, sort of fell in love with a girl. And through this, you know, for seven years, he's been trying to reach out and find her. And eventually what he does is he finds her through a radio channel, finds that she's actually about a week's worth of travel away. So then he decides to be brave and travel across the surface to go meet her. And the story follows him. Um, he's play, plays by Dylan O'Brien. I have no idea who that is. I think he's in the Maze Runner series or whatever, but he's that guy. Yeah, I recognize him from one of those films. It, you know, like it's an a silly premise. The visuals, like the sort of like CGI, is it looks really cool. Like it, it looks, it's very you know like um, evolutiony. Um, the monsters are all pretty gross. Like it's obviously got like different takes on like a giant you know human eating frog or a centipede that's like grown massive and is sort of hunting you down and mm. stuff. And it's it plays a lot with like space in terms of like you know there's things underground and they could eat you or there could be things flying above you or whatever. What sort it's of tone is film? It? Is it horror-y or is it like a no light no light? It's totally light. It's, it's silly. Comedy. Yeah, I mean it has like serious stuff. You know, like you know what it's like. It's like a Scrubs episode. You is know, what Scrubs is like ha 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 ha. Just looking at the then... poster, it looks a little bit like Zombieland sort of if 
Zombieland wasn't about zombies, but it was about like monsters and yeah. aliens and stuff. So, so, uh, so, yeah, so, yeah. I, I checked out the director, and he's done quite a lot of Stranger Things episodes. So, does it have that sort of vibe to it? Um, no, 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 not tonally. Anyway, mm. tonally, it's very serious. No, sorry, tonally, it's not serious at all. Tonally, yeah. it's a bit silly. Um, but I think you know. The actors do a good job. It looks pretty good. If you just want like a fun, easy film, like just watch this. Like mm. it's very wholesome. How did you pick towards this? the end? Um, mm. I saw the trailer on oh, Netflix. Right, okay. Um, like you know me, I see weird trailers and I just go, "Yep, I'll watch that." Yeah, you, you're did. good at that. I don't do that often. I often just have to like read a review about it or whatever, or listen to someone talk about it before I watch something. Oh well, I mean, I'm not gonna talk about it this week, but there's a film that I watched last night. Um, based off that, I watched a trailer and was like, that trailer was so good, I'm going to watch this film. Mm. But we'll save that for a later episode. Mm. So anyway, Love of Monsters, go check it out. It's on Netflix. I think it's quite easy. It's not offensive. It's a bit of fun. So. Maybe that should be the the uh, description of it. Comedy, apocalyptic, non-offensive. <laughs> 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 yeah. And have you been... Uh, viewing anything this week yeah yeah so i watched double bill last night i watched uh obviously color out of space cool. and i thought what could go perfect with this film like what could be the, the starter to that main course so i uh decided to watch the the oscar winning uh best picture uh, nomadland oh nice. oh oh and oh no 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 have you, have you guys seen this yeah, because it's just no, come I out haven't Disney seen Plus it. over here in the UK, isn't it? Not yet, oh, no. Okay, I'll try not to spoil it, but I'll give you my give you my Wait, review. Can I just can I give you an analogy of what like a food analogy? Yeah, yeah, really food analogy food right. So what you've done is you've just gone to like a Michelin star restaurant, and then for dessert you've decided I'm going to have a McFlurry. No, that's no, not even that. I've decided to squirt to, <laughs> to get a can of squirty cream and just just like spray it all <laughs> over my face. Wow. Oh no. Anyway. Well, okay. Well, you set yourself up for that, so <laughs> nice. So, anyway, tell me, is it good? Is it no good? No land. Okay, so this uh, this was like nominated for six Oscars. Yeah, won three of them: best picture, best actress, and best director. Directed by uh, Chloe Zhao, the mm-hmm. Chinese director, um, and it stars pretty much just the only star in it is Francis McDormand. Um, and it was a bit of a collaboration between the two. Um, I think they both read the book that, that this was based on, and I think uh, I think Chloe approached her. Or I can't remember exactly which one it was, but they somehow got together and decided they want to make this film. And it's basically the story of Fern, who's played by Vincent McDormand, who's a woman in her sixties, and basically. Uh, because of the recession, the sort of global recession in two thousand eight, and the knock-on effects of that, she ends up losing her ha- losing her home, and basically lives in a van. And, tra- and it's like you basically see—I uh, don't want to spoil it too much—but you basically see like a year, a year or so of a life of her living in this van, and it's just like <clears throat> just following her around, and you're seeing her doing all these different jobs that she's doing, sort of you know make ends meet and stuff. And at the start, you feel like you're not quite sure to how to feel and it's like, oh, this is really depressing. Is it going to be like really depressing all the way through the film? Is it going to be really hard? But then you sort of like a, 
a flowering of this of this story and this and this life of you sort of see her the other side of the, of, of her life and you sort of realize that she's not someone's pity you know what i mean not someone to, to sort of it's not really a charity case mm-hmm. um i don't want to go into much into it but like she's very much in charge of her life and you know what wants to do is 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 sort of chose this lifestyle in some ways um so yeah um it's an interesting film it's very naturalistic like nearly every character in the film is a real life nomad a uh, real life van dweller like they uh, most of the actors are not really actors most of the people in there are not, not actors at all they're just people that they met during their travels and uh, I think they spent a lot of time in this community sort of trying to learn from them and like that and stuff so um yeah it's really interesting it's it's almost like a documentary in some parts some parts but it's not it's it is all scripted but feels like a documentary it feels really like handheld and close and um some of it feel quite you know quite quite typical indie film sort of shots you know cinematography like it's beautiful you spend a lot of time you know you're going to lots of different places around it's all based in uh well not all of it but it starts off in nevada in america and then sort of just traveling around sort of um america uh doing different jobs and stuff and yeah it's it's quite beautiful well really beautiful um ask some really like sort of philosophical questions about life and people's work plus life you know balance sort of thing and um yeah like i really enjoyed it i, I looked into i didn't really know much about chloe Zhao, so i'd looked into her since watching this film and it seems like it's quite heavily influenced by terence malick who did um tree of life and the Thin Red line which is like I quite like the film line. It's a, again very poetic, uh, beautifully shot film. It's there's a lot of bits from from that. Um, she references it um, as a film. I can't remember what it's called. The New World, I think it is, which is basically a retelling of Pocahontas by Terence Malick. Um, and she references that quite a lot in some of the interviews of seen with her. And uh, yeah, I just really like this film. It's beautiful. Um, not a lot happens in it. It's not like loads of plot and story and stuff it's a lot of it is like montage and just sort of scenes of of her doing different things and chatting to different people and stuff but it's really really nice really beautiful um and she and Frances McDormand is amazing it like incredible like considering like you know you can you can sort of tell that all these people are not actors and they're so real okay mm-hmm. that was she, one of my questions she like... really fits in well like go on and how did the nomads like, like because it was scripted? Like, did it feel like kind of natural to them, or like it's, did it, it feel? It, 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 I mean, like she, from what I've read about it, she says it's like scripted, but I'm assuming it's sort of scripted. Like, you know, I don't know if you've watched Larry David or anything. Watched his um, yeah, yeah, enthusiasm. Where they have like general yeah. sort of like these subjects are the, these are the things we're going to do and this is what's going to happen but then the sort of in between parts are just sort of natural it feels very natural it feels like that's cool that's what i really yeah. that's like from the trailers that's what it feels like it feels like because i knew that it um vast majority weren't, weren't really like, you just get to know these people really well that's cool and it's sort of just cool. you sort of like 
your mindset changes quite a lot about it and it's just really it's one like it's like a you know if you look through a documentary where you watch that you have no idea about what this sort of pe- this type of lifestyle or these, these people and then so by the end of it you feel like you sort of you know them and you're sort of in that world and you sort of understand it a lot more and it's just like yeah it's really really good um, do, do you think it was a, a worthy winner of the best film of of 2020 or i would have gone think... with sound of metal still because i love that film that so was... much but cool. I can see why cool. it's also it touches on like it's got you know a lot of political, mm. not tons of political stuff, but it, it, you know in terms of just like the hot topics. You know, a lot of people you know in California as well you know homeless or living in vans and stuff have I been mean, driven to that point because of the economy and stuff. I can understand why. Usually it's it touches on people in pe- people who what you know who are the academy members. That's why mm. I picked them. Um, uh, yeah, I. Yeah, I think I think it's a worthy winner, definitely. I was um, uh, reading something about the the winners from the you know the early noughties and twenty tens, and the comparison between them is quite stark, really. If you look at uh, like two thousand up to two thousand and nine, you've got Gladiator, Beautiful Mind, Chicago, Lord of the Rings, Million Dollar Baby, Crash, The Departed, No Country for Old yeah. Men, Hurt Locker. And then Massive we come, films, yeah. we come yeah. into like twenty tens. You've got stuff like The Artist, Argo, Twelve Years a Slave, Birdman, Spotlight, Moonlight, Shape of Water, Green Book, Parasite. There, it definitely seems like there's a lot more. <laughs> there's films more that are, are winning yeah. are like more statement films yeah. on uh, society rather than just pure entertainment. But like. Hurt Locker started that, I think. I feel like that, that was sort of the one that started off a lot of that sort of vibe because that's a similar sort of film making a lot of points about the war and stuff. But I was going to uh, say, uh, Hurt Locker, I don't think it really was a blockbuster until it came out and then people it started to yeah. really like trend. But like you think, yeah, like you're right, about like Lord of the Rings, Chicago, things like that, like, you know, they they are, and they're like fantasy, not fantasy, you know, like the sort of... Yeah, they're not, yeah. You wouldn't think that they would be what Oscar winners, but back at the time, back in the day, they they were. They were. Yeah. I would just say, yeah, it's on Disney Plus, uh, part of um, Stars, I think it is. It's a, it's only an hour and fifty minutes. It doesn't like Mel thought felt felt like it was quite long. She didn't enjoy it too much. She thought it was fine, but she she got a bit bored and stuff. But um, which is fair enough because it is quite slow at points. But I really did. I really dug it, and yeah, I would recommend it. I do not have a film to bring this week, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, time has has gone past pretty quickly. I I have been watching more Bosch, which is very good. The latest season's really great. Um, he's going on undercover, like as a narc. Uh, but what I'll briefly touch on is I've just started watching Parts and Rec, uh-huh. which I've never never seen before. So I'm on season oh. two. It's like just so okay, funny. Yeah. <laughs> I started watching this. I mean, I've watched it before, a big chunk of it, but I started watching it the last couple of days. Again, I'm on like I'm on episode three now of the first season. Yeah. So good. But like, I've seen a lot of these uh, actors before, um, like Nick Offerman and Chris Pratt and uh, Rashida Jones and uh, Aziz and other people, like, You've seen them like more recently, but like I guess a lot of people will have like originally come from from this series. Yeah, but I feel like Audrey Plaza and Chris Pratt were basically not really well known at that point at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think literally Amy Poehler's 
She was known. The... She was known from Saturday Night Live, wasn't she? But I think yeah, she's, she's a, big, like a big, big, big comedian. Yeah. yeah, but then this kind of, I guess, made her like a household yeah, name. Yeah, cemented her a bit. Yeah, yeah. But she she'd worked a lot with. Um, oh, who's the lady? Who does uh, Tina Fey. Yeah, Tina Fey. Like her, yeah. they they've done like loads of stuff together. So yeah. for did, years, did, I always think this fun. show feels like it goes hand in hand with The Office. Like there's like almost like brother and sister sort of thing. Like they're very similar in terms of it's the same people, isn't it? Is it the same? Tim, right. Tim, is it Tim Scroll? Or like, I don't know. He's like there's one guy. He's done like Parks and Rec, The Office, Good Place. He's done everything. Is it Michael Shaw? <laughs> like, yeah. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Like he he's like. It's just a very talented person. Um, I think he did the up, upload as well. Apparently, that's on on Amazon. He's just a funny guy. Yeah, he's got a lot of credits to his name. One thing I thought was quite weird because obviously, uh, Aziz is in there, and also Louis C.K. is in there for for a little bit as uh, the policeman. It's like odd sort of seeing those people because they've obviously been in the news for various different uh, allegations and stuff. And it's also it's kind of like going back to a, a time when they were... Before all that. Before yeah. all that. Um, I know that there's a new Master of None coming out, um, but I don't know if Louis C.K. is doing much or anything anymore. Um, I think he's just doing stand-up at the moment. Yeah, yeah. I think so. So... Uh, so I don't know. So yeah, it, I I don't think I think with with Parks and Rec, I don't, I don't think I ever finished it. I've got like into the third or fourth season. I don't remember how many seasons there are. But I never finished well, it, and I'm like, I probably should do that. I probably should go probably finish it off. Same with the Office, well, actually. To be to be honest, you never finished up, the Office. I, no, I gave up when it when like it was the season after. Just the be big thing yeah, ahead watching it. it so be careful. Yeah, the season say, after the big thing happened, and I was like, okay, I'm sort of done with this. I didn't. I didn't really yeah. finish it off. So it, we're on of season. Seven, I think we're on season seven or eight. But it's the, the same office. as what happens with Scrubs as well. Like Scrubs, I absolutely love that show. But like the last season, I think it is last two seasons. Just yeah, but that didn't need to. The, like, we've, this has come up recently. Like I think anyone, if you've not watched Scrubs, just watch up to the bit where the projector yeah, 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 is yeah, yeah. on That's his finale, face, really. and then just the yeah. pretend that there's nothing it's else. It's a shame because it happens with multiple seasons. Uh, series. Yeah, it's yeah. like. That 70s show is incredible up until season seven, and then it just jumps off a cliff. It's off six. It, but I think oh. it, the writers get to a point where they don't want to write for it anymore, but yeah, the people who fund it leave, yeah. force yeah. it to keep it, just sort of crushes it. That's a good one if you want a good comedy show to watch next, Johnny. That that 70s show is hilarious. The first like four or five seasons of that is so good. That and like um, Malcolm in the Middle. Again, classic ones. Just like it tails off movie. though. Again, it tails off. Yeah, but like the first like first few four seasons, seasons Malcolm, five yeah, seasons, so good. pretty great. Yeah. Well, have you watched it recently, Malcolm in the Middle? Or can you just remember it? From I watched it the about five or six years ago. We oh, watched it all the way through. We finished it recently. Uh, nice. Yeah, um, I'm not too sure what I'd go after this. I probably need another. I need something else to replace Bosch. After um, have you seen? Have you seen um, fra- uh, Freaky? called freaky friday freaky friday friday Night uh, have you seen freaks and geeks oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah freaks and geeks is great I think top it's one series is it uh it's not two or two it might be i think it, oh, check. that sure. is just ooh, great great show it's got a sort of like a 
guess a little Stranger Things sort of vibe, being like a seventies, eighties, or I think it's seventies actually. Um, and there's there's no it's no sci-fi. It's one season actually, yeah, one season. But it's like it's got all the guy, all the crew from the, the sort of um, Seth Rogen, like, yeah, <laughs> the James Seth, Ro- Franco, Seth, Seth Rogen's Rogen. crew, <laughs> yeah, that, that whole crew, <laughs> yeah. on it. Um, it's very good. That's yeah, it's another, really good. That's another good show. If you want something good to watch, just and then season. is it Undercloud that came after it? Is it Undercloud? Yeah, I never got around to watch. It. Um, also great because it's like the same people. They just moved it to a different setting. Um, I would recommend that too. Cool. Well, speaking of sci-fi, shall we move on to our main event? Ba 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 ba! Color out, out of space. space. I right, so I took I was like color in space, color coloring space. I couldn't remember. I was like trying to find this on I can um, say Amazon. color of space. Yeah. yeah. Uh, color yeah. of space, yeah. It is a bit of an odd name. Um, um Yeah, so just just to remind the listeners, um how we've organized these seasons <clears throat> is we've had three different themes over the seasons. So the first one was Dust. Dusk. Yeah. So the so the first season's theme was dusk, 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 d u s k. The second season's theme was escape, and this season's theme was space. And within those three seasons, three we got to pick one film that we've seen and two that we hadn't seen. So this was a, a blind pick for <laughs> me. Um, and I'll tell you what, tell you why I picked it to begin with. So. Please there, tell me. There, okay, so there was a great film out a few years ago, which we did oh, a unreal um, a group watching uh, a spooky movies night around Halloween sometime called Mandy, yeah. which features Nicolas Cage and the producers of this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was thinking, ah, oh, easy win, easy win, get us in the bag, number one straight away. Because if it's anything like Mandy, well, would it be better than Moonlight? I'm not too sure, but it could be. So yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. It's in the conversation, like, in the conversation. And, and yeah, yeah. The Top trailer, tier. the trailer looks pretty good as well. That's what I, I was thinking. So, like, yeah. the it's trailer sells it. The trailer sells this film very well. Yeah, purple vibes all over it. Mandy's yeah, purple. Color. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Good and score. Yeah, Nick Cage is doing something bizarre. I'm just like, yeah, okay, let's let's give this, let's put a coin yeah, in the meter. There's, and there's always a, there's always a risk, though, isn't there? You you, can, you basically. You put in, you you basically playing the a bit of a, a a bit of a gamble here with Nick Cage because sometimes he's great, and other times, well, other times he's uh, Nick Cage. Yeah. So <laughs> let's let's try and explain this film to to uh, to you guys. So, as a very brief outline, um, a secluded farm is struck by a strange meteorite, which has apocalyptic consequences for the family living there and possibly the world. Now, that is such a mild version of what actually happens in the film. It doesn't do it any justice. Um, A lot of the films that I've spoken about, I can describe exactly what happens within one sentence. uh, And we couldn't, I don't think I could even scratch the surface. Aaron, would you be able to describe this in one sentence yeah. a purple purple rock comes from outer space and starts zapping people and turning them into like big blobs of goo <laughs> and like making flowers <laughs> pop up and then what happens is after that it blows up 
And then it's like black and white for a radius. There we go. Boom. I think that's uh, that's pretty much it. It, it, it also you forgot about the the alpacas. Uh, yeah, that's what I mean. They get zapped, don't they? And they become that weird like rat, yeah, rat no, but king or you, a pa- yeah. alpaca king, <laughs> llama king. <laughs> and you obviously got the alpaca blob as well. So, uh, the story from this film is um, an adaptation of an L H P Lovecraft uh, novel. Um, I didn't have a clue who this was, so I did some really research. That's yeah, no, oh, ne- man. never pretty, come across. He's H. pretty Lovecraft famous. Before. He's like he's massive in like sci-fi circles. Yeah, isn't he? yeah. yeah. Like, like all the uh, all the Eldritch horror stuff, like the Arkham horror board games and all that sort of stuff, based off his stories and stuff, and. I, I've not ever really read any of his stuff, really. I just know no, people. No, I just know who he is. Yeah, that, I mean, I mean doing really... do research sorry. for this, there was like podcasts on like on every story that he'd done. People like proper seem to like love oh, yeah, he's, yeah. his work. Um, he died he's quite, po- pretty young, like 46 he died. But um, like, yeah, this is all happening like 1900s, wasn't it? 19, yeah, like early 1900s. Died in 1937. Um, of a of a cancer which he only found out a month before he died, so mm. uh, yeah, died pretty young, but left like a legacy of work, um, and this is what has inspired part of this film. I don't know exactly how closely it it relates to uh, to the book. Um, no idea. Yeah, I, I but this is one of his bigger books, though, isn't it? I'm pretty sure it's just like something yeah. that he's quite yeah. quite famous. Well, this has inspired other films, which I guess we can talk about. Yeah, I'm not sure if. Um, He'd have known about Donald Trump back in 1937, but there we go. We can maybe talk about that at a later point. Um, it's directed by Richard Stanley, who's a South <laughs> African filmmaker. Um, and <laughs> he's another pretty interesting guy. So basically, um, he had done a few short films and then he went on to start to direct The Island of Dr. Maru. And it's sort of a um, like a sci-fi film set in the desert, which has Val Kilmer in it. But he had like some creative differences with Val Kilmer, and he was kicked off the set and basically just fired from the job. But instead of like leaving the set, he came came back disguised as like one of the monsters who was meant to be in the film. So basically, stayed on set as one of the monsters for the the whole time that that film was being released. Wow, that's amazing. And then. After that, he basically disappeared for years and years and years, apparently on like a massive like drug trip in the desert somewhere. And then this is the film that he came back to. Um, so he's basically gone away from like films for, I don't know, like two decades or something. And he's come back. But there is an, an actual film which talks about his uh, experience on the island of Dr. Maru, uh, yeah. which might potentially be worth checking out. Um, if you want to find out a bit more about him. So also, just to mention as well, that this, this I think, is it Spectre Vision, the production company who made this film, and also made, oh, help me, Commandy. That's the company owned by Elijah Wood, isn't it? His production company. And he's like, he's funding a lot of like, well, funding a bunch of different types of sci-fi horror films and stuff. Um. So they they were the ones who contacted Rich Stanley about getting this this film going. I guess after the after the success of Mandy, they wanted to work more with Nick Cage. Mm. Um, yeah, 
Do the stuff they've done. Let's have a quick look now. Uh, I seem to remember them doing some VR stuff. Did they do the Void? I want to see yes. the Void. And it is, a, oh, some, is it Beneath the Rainbow? Beneath Beyond the, the Black Rainbow. Rainbow. Yeah, I really want to watch that. But it, it just looks really seedy, so I don't... I don't know. I feel like I'll just be uncomfortable the entire time, so I won't. I probably won't. Oh, but that's it. Sorry. They're working on a game, or have worked on a game called Transference, which is a VR Ooh. game that came out in 2018. And they've got, yeah, they've got a bunch of, the thing about the stuff that I've seen of theirs, it, they all have very distinct styles. They all look quite visually appealing, which is, I guess, what they're going for. But um, yeah, anyway, mm, so that, that, that's what sort of like, remember when I saw that was made by Spectre Vision, I was like, oh yeah, I think I'm pretty sure that's Elijah Wood's company. And it, and it was. Nice. So let's try and get a little bit into the more neat gritty of the story. So um, the film opens with a poem which is taken from um, from the book and it's read out by sort of the narrator of the film and basically says that the woods are um, have taken place to like witchcraft and stuff in the past and they're like deep dark woods that no axe has ever cut down any trees in there um and it kind of sets the tone that where this uh film is being set outside of this arkham city um is a quite a i guess a spiritual place where bad things happen and it goes on to talk about this uh this chap who uh is coming to do a water survey and potentially basically dam up this valley and then we move on to the next scene, which features this young girl who's trying to perform some sort of like witchcraft, like a, a spell uh, for her to be able to leave this place, like get away from her family who's who've taken her there, um, which is quite weird, like quite a young girl, like basically conjuring this spell uh, against her. And I think she also like... Like cast a spell for her for her mum who's ill mm. as well. Yeah, she wants yeah. to. T- yeah, for because her mum's had cancer. She says something about wanting the cancer to go away or not come back or something. Yeah, yeah. So it it basically starts the film with this kind of like this person who's probably not entirely sure what they're meddling with, like trying to conjure up some sort of spell in this place where it's sort of known for having having witchcraft. And then she gets interrupted by this uh, surveyor who uh, is asking her like about the water in the area, and he's like an outsider coming in uh, fresh into this area, and he basically is a war expert, just trying to um, gauge whether it'd be good for putting a, a dam in the area. Um, yeah. So, and then we we move on and we find out that uh, Nicholas Cage. Um, who plays the dad has moved there uh, with his wife, who is a basically like a stockbroker, um, something like that. Uh, Julie Richardson, yeah, is the wife, who's been in quite a lot of stuff. She's quite famous. Um, you you recognise her face if you saw her. Like some of the, she was in Event Horizon. Um, she was in Patriot, Hundred One Dalmatians. It's just like quite a lot of like fairly big stuff. Yeah, the girl with the dragon tattoo. Yeah. Um, That's what I recognise her from anyway. 
and we've got quite a like quite a dysfunctional family sort of uh, like vibe going on. Um, they all seem to be in this like really idyllic place, but maybe not entirely getting on. They've got a, a middle kid called Brent, uh, who's played by Brendan Meyer, who's like a druggie who um, like smokes pot in the in the shed. And there's a like their youngest kid is played by Julian Hillard, um, and he's just like a bit of a weirdo who. That's who the kid is. Sorry, I was trying to figure out who the kid was. The the Brendan Meyer, the the sort of older brother. Stoner kid. Uh, he's the brother in the guest. That's what I recognise. No, him right, from. yeah. Oh. I was like, why do I recognise this guy? I don't think I've ever seen him before, but he's in the guest, and he's he's much better in that. Yeah, he? he is but, good uh, in the guest. Isn't he? <laughs> well, that well, I can't remember, but that that film's a good film. So, so like the action really kicks off when like a meteor hits. And like they're all sleeping in the middle of the night, this meteor hits and it's all like uh, grown purple. Nick, Nick, Cage, Nick Cage ain't sleeping, mate. Well, yeah, like everyone's trying to sleep. Nick Cage is trying to rekindle something with, on his, with, his, yeah. with his wife. Um, and yeah, they they hear this this noise, dog starts going crazy, they'll go outside, find this meteor's hit the ground, and that's when chaos starts to happen. So they go from having this kind of dysfunctional family to begin with, but to going through dis- dysfunctional and mental family. Um, Sorry, can I just put, interject just mm-hmm. quickly? Um, do you know what I felt like up at this to this point? Right, I felt like I was watching like like the room. You know, especially when like they're getting, you know, they're going to the bedroom and they're doing this whole thing. I was like, yeah. I don't need to see that. I don't. What is going on? Like, what is this? This is, this is awkward. This is, I don't feel good. Like why is this I, weird? Yeah, I, uh, I also felt like the, just like the family interactions was also weird. really odd. Yeah, it the, felt like the room. Didn't feel like they were like they knew each other at all. They all felt it felt very off kilter and odd. Yeah, the, I don't yeah. Know if it was intentionally going for that, but it, it yeah, the acting like, did seem very kind of cardboard. <laughs> like, obviously, with Nick Cage, like we are, we know that like he he has like a weird streak and he can be weird, but I feel like this isn't just his fault, like. They wrote him. I feel like the writer was like, "Okay, I've got Nick Cage, so I'm going to write it weird, so that because Nick Cage is Nick Cage." Yeah. It's like, no, just yeah. like make the script normal, man, and just let Nick Cage just roll off like the weird, like just let Nick Cage be Nick Cage. Because it's just like weird things when he was like, you know, when like they were interviewing or something, and he was like yeah. saying all that weird stuff, or like they or they came to visit and they were like, "Well, me and my wife, we were like getting it on." Whilst <laughs> I know. It's like. like- I know. I thought that as well. Like, just like I don't, I don't, I don't even unleash us yet, Johnny. Or well, we're still, I we're mean, still on, are we still on the on the leash at the moment? Come on, well, sorry. This. Yeah. No, I, no. Like, look. I'm just saying at this point. To this point, this is how I'm feeling. This is oh, this is how I'm feeling. I'm not saying like because it definitely sh- does a shift from feeling yeah, yeah. like I'm watching the room, and that was Johnny's next bit. I just wanted to say, right now, this is how I feel. Yeah. So. I actually didn't mind it by this point. It felt a bit weird. I was trying. It, I guess he was trying to do some sort of unnerving thing yeah. or whatever, but I was more just like curious of what was going on and what. Yeah. what I feel really... I feel like this whole film is a ramp, and it just keeps going and going up in, in intensity and weirdness. So yeah. it starts off, you know, I think the poem in in the with the trees, I think that's fairly normal, just in ter- <laughs> in terms of like filmness. But it just Shot seems to get yeah. weirder and weirder. Like it moves on to there's a scene where like. Uh, Nick Cage's son gets sick, and instead of like calling for a, for an ambulance, he like decides to get a drink and just says he'll be fine. And yeah. um, 
it goes on to talk about is alpacas and alpaca milk and just yeah. very just like weird stuff. I and I I feel at this point there's a lot of things that are happening, but I don't really care about any of them. You're just kind of like trying to understand like what is actually going on, mm-hmm. um, and there's nothing really to get a. Like also, Tommy into. Chung turns up randomly <laughs> for no real reason. Like, why is he in this film? Like, so I don't know if you know who Tommy Chung is. He's he was again. He's mentioned before. He's in that seventy show, but he's like a famous celebrity actor comedian uh in america and he's really famous for like being the poster boy for weed basically it's like i think it's oh, is he the uh, guy who plays ezra the guy in the shack yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so the big th- it was uh cheech and chong that, that that's their like they're like a duo when they were that, they did loads of films and it was like it was, it was basically like a comedy duo from like the sort of 90s and 80s and stuff and um I actually quite like him. I think he's, he was, he's great. He, in that he was one of the show. more interesting characters yeah, that yeah. you come across. But it was completely pointless him being there. I, do, I feel like he literally was there just maybe for the trailer or something. Like, because well, I actually felt like that quite a lot about this film. A lot of the bits in it, like the choices in the film, almost felt like they 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 were informed by what they wanted to show in the trailer to get people excited about Nick Cage being an alpaca farmer. <laughs> like, but like that's the only reason why they were alpacas because it's hilarious. He chucks that milk. And, and mm. Yeah, it's like... Anyway, so, yeah. he, chimp, Yeah. So, af- after a couple of strange, like, interactions with um, uh, the eldest daughter and the uh, and her mum sort of saying she looks like a hussy, uh, basically around um, this water surveyor, like, she starts crying, going into a room, like, listening to some death metal music, and I feel it's after that moment that things start going from boring and weird to just really weird <laughs> and kind of like no context. So yeah, yeah, yeah. We get to this scene where the mother is like basically preparing some carrots, like chopping them, and um, <laughs> yeah, and shaking his head like this. <laughs> I don't know if it was this point. It might have been like five, five or so minutes after this point Did that I started texting Johnny. Yeah. Was this? Was this? <laughs> it's so good. So this is what I was considering quitting the podcast. Up, yeah, like up, up and up until this point, it's been kind of boring. But just see, see where we're getting to. And then mm. this mother's chopping away at these carrots, and then like the youngest kid comes up and pulls her arm to say, "Oh, mummy, like what's going on?" And she chops off a finger. And just like oh, the blood goes everywhere. Yeah, blood's going everywhere. And then she turns around almost in what's that guy from The Shining called? The um the butler. Oh, the butler, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Almost in like the same sort yeah. of manner, say dinner's ready, and there's like all blood just going everywhere, and it's just like it just doesn't make any sense. Completely out of nowhere. Again, a trailer bait, I'm sure. It's like literally made for the trailer. I'm sure it must have been. Cause I don't think it, it was no in the trailer. Co- I don't know. I haven't watched the trailer, but I'm assuming. Cause it's, like, <laughs> it's like, well, I have watched the trailer, but it's long ago, I can't remember. But like, wh- why did that happen? Didn't, like... I don't know. Yeah, she, was, she was being influenced by, the, I guess, the water. She drunk too much like, of the water. Yeah, I guess the whole thing is like, the water has been contaminated by this alien, whatever it is, meteorite. And... They're starting to influence the, See, what they're doing. I my guess. my big problem wasn't the fact that she was like being like 
oh, you know, whatever. My big problem was the fact that, like, okay, so your kid, right, your kid was, like, not in a good way, and you wouldn't take him to the hospital, but you'll take your wife to the hospital. And at that point, I'm like, you're just fair, a crap the dad. Kid, the, the kid only said, oh, I've got a headache. I mean... He didn't talk for, like, however long, though. Like, yeah. he didn't also, say a, a word. Yeah. You know, it's, it's an hour away, isn't it? So it's a lot of Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They've only just got out of the sea. They don't want to go back. Um, yeah, so, I mean, after that point, things just go, like, pretty weird. So there's a whole hospital scene uh, where she goes to hospital, gets fixed, comes back, and then... But then, but then, but then like, it almost felt like... The, the, for some reason, they felt like they had to. They needed some sort of plot device to get them out of the way, so yeah. Nick Cage and his wife can go to the hospital, and the kids can be on their own. And then they're like, they're like, sort of, they're isolated from the rest, from the rest of the world. Phone calls, you know, phones stop working properly. The you know, they're not able to get in touch. But the TV stop working properly, and like, oh, something bad's gonna happen. But then other weird stuff happens. I can't remember exactly what I think. The young kid starts talking to the alien in the well or whatever. Um, and then they come back and it's like, okay. Yeah. It doesn't really, there was no real, re- it didn't feel like there was any reason for that to happen. Yeah. And but the only they, like consequence of all the stuff that they'd done was the alpacas had escaped from out the shed. Like... The ta- time was being weird though, wasn't it? Like, yeah. I know time was, was like sort was of being... slowing down. And... Yeah. Again. Did you know, I did notice like there was a guy, there was, the only interesting thing I saw was, Maybe this. I'm assuming it's intentional. Is when the daughter was cleaning the the knife the next day. Yeah. And it, like skipped yeah. forward in time, which is quite I'm like oh, okay. That's how they're going to play with this. What's the payoff going to be for this time stuff? And then nothing. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. no payoff at all to do with time. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that really bugged me. Um, yeah. I mean. I yeah. From there, we we move on and. Um, <laughs> Nick Cage. Yeah, get to the bit where you have to explain like the ending. Get to the bit where like just tell tell us describe to the listeners what happens now, oh, Johnny, okay. after this. So, <laughs> so Nicholas Cage, uh, he harvests his veg, his veg goes all wrong, and then his arms start going mental and he can Gailey. smell yeah, it's like it. It's very body horror, isn't it? Oh, like, and almost, he, like the, almost like fly, the fly yeah. or something. You and, know. and he's just like, you what's that smell? Thing? What's that smell? I think that's him. I think he added that in. I feel like he added that ad-lib in. I don't think Maybe. that was them that wrote. I think he was like, you know what? I'm going to pretend that like, I smell something. And then later on, he was like, oh, it smells like, it sounds like death or something. Like, okay. Reminds me of like, being in a hospital or whatever. But um, Yeah. Do you, Go do on, you even see him in his final no form? For that you, don't, you don't see him in his final form. You just see his scaly arms. Yeah, he just starts scaling. Yeah. Um, so it's a, it seems to put a bit creamy, doesn't it? So there's there's two kind of like main things that this film is building up to. Yeah. And it is. Well, yeah. Sorry, go on. It's <laughs> they're they they're both equally kind of quite shocking and and grotesque. I'm not. But they were, okay. What they were building up to was the kid had some relationship with this alien. They're building up to that. Yeah. The kid was like talking and laughing with this alien that you could see which again they didn't pay off at all like <laughs> what? it was like a bit where the guy was the the, the water surveyor went to visit uh ezra the tommy the chong underneath and he was like walk yeah well there's that bit but he's like walking through the foresty bit uh i know it's you know, he's camping out actually sorry uh the, uh, oh, the yeah, water guy yeah. is camping out and then suddenly like a sort of uh, predator style like shimmery sort of visual <laughs> turns up 
and nothing is paid off there. Nothing at all. Just, what's that? Who knows? Just a shimmer. And it's like, okay, that was pointless. Like, there's all these different things that they kept on doing and did, did not pay them off at all. And, that's and then, And then the, the thing they did end up doing with the kid and the wife. Oh, was, yeah. Like, no, yeah, no, wait. No, okay. no, 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 no. I, I want to hear Johnny. I want to hear Johnny explain right. to the listeners what goes on. This is, so come on, I, I'm, I, I'm not entirely sure how this <laughs> happened, but, I mean, I don't know if I blinked or something, but basically, the youngest kid... Basically becomes like uh, attached to the mother on like no. her back somehow. Yeah, I don't know if he's they, like struck. Are like, he's like struck like by lightning or something? Or there's like some sort of energy charge that comes out of the barn. I think. yeah, it's like from oh, the is barn. It from the well, I can't remember. Yeah, no, I think it's from the barn because they're being chased. The, uh, why? Yeah, because it's the alpacas. The alpacas have had it happen to them, so they've become some sort of like homunculus alpaca. Demi, demi, alpaca. Yeah, just like, and then the lightning shoots like of that, and it hits. I the thought that, like, even when that started happening, it was horrible, and you're like, oh, okay, oh, oh this could be kind of interesting. Yeah. What happens if like, because the, mo- the mother started absorbing the kid, and it was like this horrible, like, continuous, drawn out <laughs> thing that happens for ages. Oh, it's so and, not and also, fun. So she, they take her into the living room. Yeah. yeah. And she's on the living room with the kid oh, behind them. They're both moaning. Noises. It's horrible. Ugh. And they're like. Let's take him upstairs. Slug <laughs> yeah, him in the room. T- Wait, take him up to the why? office. Why take him upstairs? And then they and then they give her like the water and she's like licking the licking the uh, ball like a cat or something. Yeah. And you're like It's, it's just uh, what I'm thinking, oh maybe something could interest something could happen here. It could be interesting. Maybe the mother absorbs the kid and then she's like, you know, she's like a different being or she's like she's like back to being a normal self and she has to deal with the fact that she absorbed a kid and maybe it heals her from the cancer or like she's you know I don't know something like you know you watch a film like The Thing depth. which has got very depth. obviously they're trying to take bits from The Thing I guess yeah you want depth and like there's like consequences and there's like rules that are set up that you can follow throughout mm. the film and there's like t- builds tension nah, I don't but in this just random things occur and you yeah. don't understand why and there's no tension because it doesn't make any you can't follow it yeah oh I was so annoyed so anyway did the mum try to eat the daughter I don't know she seemed to just like she, slobber yeah her. lunch for her sort of thing um yeah I mean Which she Nick Cage like locked her in there didn't he yeah yeah, yeah well they locked the mum up and then they're like and Nick Cage is gonna he goes and kills the alpacas <laughs> also can I just mention right what is Nick Cage? What's his job? Can you tell me? He in this film he is a a full time father recovering from a massive LSD trip. Yeah, is he? Because he said yeah, that's what they say. That they say that, don't they? Yeah, is he? Yeah, because he, he he said he was like mainly on LSD, like in the the seventies, I think, or the eighties. Yeah, the the son mentions it, doesn't he? Yeah. That right, would actually okay. explain his like weirdness. You know, like he's sort of like bipolar in a, a lot of ways, where like he's really flipping and he'll do like one thing, and okay. then the next minute oh, he's yeah. like actually a nice guy. I thought he was an alpaca farmer. No, they. I think they buy the alpacas. To, I mean, like that was his why kind of anyone would like, buy alpacas to make money. Obviously, if he's an alpaca farmer, how much milk is he going to get back from those alpacas? Four alpacas. What's his production? What's his return on Listen, those alpacas? Yeah, was it, I some high-quality alpaca milk. You could charge, like, you know, $50, uh, you know, a pint or something. But I think he was wanting to slaughter him, so... For me. <laughs> <laughs> I 
anyway, so he goes and kills the alpacas because they've like gone into this sort of hodgepodge. Yeah, the same. Like, so the same thing where like the mum and the the kid merged together. The alpacas were yeah. the same, so they they got merged together yeah, by the, the purple lightning. Ripping off the thing, trying to do the thing, I guess, with the dogs. Yeah. Uh, but at least in that, he had like maze animatronics and looked incredible. Isn't this? They just sort of cheaped out because they couldn't afford to do the proper visuals, and they just did lots of close-ups of like a puppet skin that's all <laughs> slimy and stuff. So then he goes and kills the, the kills the alpacas, and he's like, right, he's going to go up and he goes up to the attic, and he's like, I'm going to basically kids leave. I'm going to sort your mum out, and then, and then for some reason he starts kissing her. Like, yeah. I guess oh, he kisses her. And so he, uncomfortable. Yeah. Is it is it is it that he he's like influenced by the alien? Thing yeah, changes, I think so. I, I think I think he is. Yeah. Mm. So the the sort of interesting tension you're gonna have of him killing his wife and him having to deal with that, that goes away. He just suddenly changes into this other, other character, I suppose, and then decides to go. I can't remember what exactly what happens because it's so confusing. But he ends up taking the the daughter up there, doesn't he? Yeah. Later on. Well, the, the son jumps into the well to save oh, the yeah, dog that goes running away. Uh, yeah. Can't be good to listen to. I'm sorry, I apologise, listeners. This is just, we're, this we're just, I think we're just trying to make sense of it for ourselves, really. Yeah. Listen. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's it. Oh, like, yeah. It's very confusing. This well, film is mental. Let, we're basically... Yes. John, Johnny, sorry. You keep so, going. Like, we're ruining like, your, we're, your we're flow. We're almost there. We're almost there. So, like, the listeners, they are listening to Johnny and they know what's going so on. So Nick, Nick Cage is like, right, he's killed the alpacas, which are basically... If you imagine the Pokemon uh, muck, but with five alpaca heads, that's basically what they've turned into. (laughs) And then there is that kiss, which is disgusting because there's all like slime that comes off when when they kiss. No, he kisses her. And yeah, he kisses her. And then he decides to go downstairs and just hang out, I guess. The daughter daughter and the son are trying to escape. And then... The son decides, I'm going to go, oh, my dog's down the well. I'm going to go save him. It's like, are you an absolute moron? I hate it when films do this, when the, the characters make stupid decisions for no reason. So he goes down the well, and obviously that doesn't end well. Uh, and then, <laughs> and then what happens? Oh, no, is that later? Maybe that's later. I don't know. This... I, think, I think at that point, dad takes the daughter up. Yeah, to feed the mom. Then, yeah. yeah, and then... The the, the 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 scientist comes back and the, the with the police officer and they're like freaked out and they go into the room and it turns out that Nick Cade ends up shooting the mum. Yeah. And the kid. Twist or whatever. Puts them out of their misery. Yes. The young kid. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they're in a conjoined mess and they the, uh, they they yeah. both die and then it's In between all this, the, the young daughter had like had like done another spirit another ritual and like carved herself, with, yeah. Carved herself up with all these symbols. Again, there's no payoff for. I thought, oh, maybe this could be quite interesting. You know, if if they're saying there's like this like sort of celestial, sort of like magical celestial being that's like landed in a meteorite, and maybe she and her doing this gives her like <laughs> is actually something that happens with this, and like, the alien can't attack her, or um, she can like bite the alien off or something. I thought, oh, it could be quite cool. It could be quite a satisfying like thing to happen. Nope. No. But listen. Right, because at this point you're about an hour and twenty minutes, maybe an hour and thirty minutes into the film, and if you're still trying to look for depth in the no, film, no, I was, you're, I was, you're, I was you're, just clutching at straws. Yeah, <laughs> there's no depth in this film. Things just happen because, like, you know, it's 
well, we'll, we'll just do it because I like, think there probably is some overarching. I, yeah, thing that they're trying th- to say there's something to do I'm... with triangles because there's a lot of triangles, and we've seen that in uh, Midsummer with the like the the uh, pyramid type building. Yeah, um, I think there's something to do with like you know mankind trying to block the, the 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 body of water off with the dam, and then the forest fighting back or something like that. I guess I don't know, like. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, so I guess at this point, who are we rooting for? We end up rooting for the scientist, don't we? He becomes yeah, the main yeah. He's like the main protagonist. He's trying to escape. Nick Cage is gonna shoot him. Yeah, and then but they go to Ezra's for some reason to yeah, ch- check the yeah, some just, sort of just, just just, Yeah, I think they've got the results of the water test back, and they, they thought like maybe let him know that it's probably not great to drink the water. And he's like aged like a hundred years or something. Yeah, looks like. Oh, oh no. Yeah, he's gone like yeah, putrid and and then he sort of does he explode or something at that point? I think no, he does uh, does he explode? He, he cre- yeah, he does That's explode. Yeah, 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 he does. Yeah, yeah, and then as they're running away or whatever, the police officer gets grabbed by a tree. Yeah, yes, that happens. Yeah, yes. No other uh, trees or like I know there's a lot of plants <laughs> that come alive and growing and something looking purple, but that never happens anywhere else in the rest of the film. Just this point, just decides to grab him and pick him up. It's like, oh, okay, there's another thing that just throw in there for good measure. Yeah, <sighs> and then there is an alien scene at some point where you there's kind of go to another what? world and there's all like these worms moving yeah. about and you see like this kind of alien army. I and there's do not remember that. Yeah, there's yeah, yeah. I think the, there's a <laughs> uh, transitional sort of shot where there's this the the oldest daughter's got this mark on her in between her yeah, eyes, yeah. like a, almost like I a mean, yeah, that, like a fish type thing. That's I feel, yeah, feel like it's a little so bit earlier on maybe. Remember. But um but I think that's some yeah. sort of link to the the uh, asteroid that's kind of come and hit the planet. Yeah, can we just get to I the think, bit? Yeah, like... is it no? I think it's when it's when he runs back. The daughter's there, and she's obviously converted now into being like an alien, whatever. And she turns. She's at the well. She turns around, and he looks at her, and his eyes start to glow. And then you get the vision, and he somehow snaps out of it and lands on the floor. And then the tr- the grass starts tr- trying to grab at him. Um, yeah, that, she, and then at that point he ends explodes. up running. Does she explode? Yeah, he I ends up running into the house. He fights off Nick Cage. Who, again, he's now a bad guy again. <laughs> he's, um, he was he was shot at this point, and now he's alive again. But also, when he goes into the house, yeah, he goes into the house, and, and all the family in there, out there, it's almost like The Shining type of thing. They all stood, all sat there on the couch, like, like in this sort of other realm or whatever. And then he ends up fighting off Nick Cage, and he ends up going down into the cellar with the wine. And then it explodes. Is that right? I think so. Yeah. Just I just want to just point out this is podcasting at its best. This is the best no, this podcast we've ever worst, done. No, this is probably our this worst. Is the podcast best podcast. Like I just want, yeah. When we oh, win shocking. the award for best podcast, it's because of this. This episode. This is our Oscar this nominee. Episode. So I've got. All, I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, that is pretty much it. I mean, it it ends and. Uh, thankfully, the the water surveyors managed to get out alive, and he's built the yeah, he did, he's yeah, built he the dam. He's built the dam. Uh, all the nineties smokes. Yeah, um, he's cool. But doesn't he say like? Does he? I'm sure something. Did he build the dam? I guess he did. But I'm sure he says in the monologue at the end something about like he was like, the last of people to survive or something. Like I'm assuming. 
Because no one else it remembers took, it. It, it took, did it not take over, or did it get? Did it get? What What was the purpose of this alien thing? Did it? Did it? I think it left. It, it obviously didn't like kill the. It didn't kill the world or anything. Like well, it, but, if uh, you if you go back to the to the original exploded. spell that this girl cast, she she wanted to get rid of the mother's cancer. Well, she did that by killing the mother, um, yeah. inadvertently, and she wanted to get out of that place. And presumably that also happened world. as well. Yeah. I think they're going yeah. to so maybe if you want some closure, that could be it. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> it was a, it so, was a ride. Can I just list off some things that I was angry about? <laughs> go on then. Let's go. Let's go to right. Let's go to Ant's angry corner. Okay. Dialogue was awful, terrible. Like, Tick. Who, who wrote it? But it was shocking. Um, like. We never, we never even saw the alien monsters or anything, really. There like, was we the saw, bug ants. There was the, the bug. Uh, the praying mantis. They just had a bunch of lights that they wanted to just shine at the camera in different angles, and you just see their faces. I it's saw like, it. You saw the bug. Oh, okay, great. I saw a little bug flying around, and then just there's like the weird, it. goopy monster. You said it was there. I saw it. Right, next. Uh, there's nothing made any sense. It was so random. There was no rules set in place mm. that you could follow. It was all just completely out. Just whatever happened. Some rules are built... made to be broken. Well, not every rule. They kept breaking every rule. You didn't, you didn't even break the rules. They had no rules to break. Yeah, um, right. Like, the I'm visuals were actually, like, pretty bad, I thought. Like, considering what they were trying to do and make it look beautiful and all this, like, per- it didn't really feel that good. I, I just felt like it was kind of a bit... I, yeah, I thought that some shots were quite nice yeah, and then yeah, other I, other bits I, were kind of just lackluster. Like, it wasn't, like, the same person doing... Like the, the the big open landscape shots and those sorts of visuals were quite nice, I thought. But then, yeah, s- shots of of the of pretty uh, places on on the planet Earth, yeah, they're great. But no, I you know I, some of the production on the house and stuff was nah, just yeah, I vibed off it. Flat. I vibed off the production, like some of it, not all of it, but like it was one of the more interesting things about the film because the rest was something. Yeah. Okay, next one. Nick yeah. Cage felt like he was doing an impression of himself. Like, the whole yes, did you did you not feel like he was he was doing an impression of Donald Trump? Oh, yeah, that's where the Donald like, Trump came like, like with his hair yeah. like all flopping out to like one side and then like with his accent sometimes. I mean Sarah no, was just like that yeah. sounds exactly like Donald Trump. Yeah, there's a few vocal sort of quirks that sounded very but much like him. He he did an impression of his dad right at the beginning. Uh, about what his dad used to say to him, uh, like he'd never make anything of himself, and he did that Donald Trump type voice for his dad, and then mm-hmm. he be- he became that voice. I don't know if that means that. anything. It's just an observation. Yeah. <laughs> I he did keep saying that he's not his dad as well. Yeah, he won't be his, like his dad. Um, yeah, I, I I quite liked the girl. She was probably the, the, the only thing and I liked. This was the, the bad list because, because <laughs> no, I'm just going. Now you're breaking because, the rules. No, let me talk. Because she, remi- she reminded me of, um, you know, Modern Family. Oh, uh, yeah. The the daughter in that. She reminded me of that. And then after about 10 minutes, I was like, oh, no, this is, no, she's not as, she, she's a much, the girl in Modern Family is a much better actress than, than her. And, um, yeah, I, I was disappointed. Uh, there was a lot of really cheap scares, I thought. Like, definitely the one. The cat. That out to me was the, Where the, you, the, you the cat in the car. Uh. Was just like I jumped out of my seat. Out that no- one. What? But it was completely oh, yeah. out of nowhere. Like there was no like tension built up. It didn't earn that jump. It just sort of 
which it's like one of those videos you watch on YouTube, you know, before YouTube existed. People get you to do like, is it the corn game or something? And you got to go through. Stay in the puzzle. lines. And then it would like yeah. jump, you just like throw the horrible woman in your, in your face. Very much like that. Yeah. I thought that was terribly cheap. I, really, I was really, I, I think it might have been that point. I, I was texting you, Johnny, because I was really angry. I was just like, this is just a, just a badly, just like, yeah. ugh, it's just a badly done film. And it just. It gets you worked up, but like, know. there's no, it doesn't stay with you. It's just like, that. it's gone there and gone in a flash, isn't it? It felt like they typed in to Spotify um, synths and then used that as a soundtrack. Just like, oh, oh no, hey, no, nah, wind, wind music, your neck in, son. Wind poor. it in. Uh, the soundtrack was the no. best bit about that no, film. Music was poor. I'm sorry, poor. this dude did the score to Red Dead Redemption 2. He's done the first, he did Hereditary score. Like, just get, get it in, get it in. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't obviously didn't <laughs> listen to the same thing we did obviously feigned it in phoned it in I think it I was, listened, oh I was listening back to it today it was, it was a decent score it's, it was, it's, decent, it's, yeah. it's a decent score it's the nope. only thing that like gets nope. you nope I'm not giving that not giving it it wasn't good um, it was generic and lackluster um, at best um, cinematography was average really poor they had obviously nice cameras but apart from that it was pretty average and not very good uh, what else? Anything else? Oh yeah. Why does the mother, right, work as a stockbroker in an like old attic with like it's all like run down and there's cobwebs everywhere and it's dust everywhere? Why not? Why didn't she like the rest of the house is nice? Why not live in a nice house? Why is she like in this? She's she's tents? probably the furthest away from the router in that attic room as well. Exactly. That's yeah, why she's getting bad Wi-Fi. internet. Can we, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can we just wa- go back to do you know do you know who the composer is? Do you know like anything care. about him? Right. Care. Have you listened to Bonavers Bonavers album? Do you enjoy that album? You're gonna say you're yeah. Gonna he's the that. guy. He's a saxophonist on that album. Uh, well, maybe right? he should try hard. Uh, he also did terrible. Arcade Fire and Neon Bible. He, mate, he is like you know the saxophone. If you want to listen to the saxophone guy, he's the guy <laughs> that you go to. I cannot believe that you did not like that score. It was so not good. Like it was the only thing I was like, um, well, if there's one thing I enjoyed, it was the score. It was the music. Yeah. <laughs> the, the whole film felt like, parts of it felt like a sketch show. Like when the yeah, mayor turned up. Yeah, yeah. And she was asking, and the way she acted, the way they were interacting and stuff felt like, a, like some sort of comedy show or sketch show. It was bizarre. Um, and then I guess the ending, I hated the ending. The, the, the just, it just sort of didn't really pay off or anything. And there wasn't, it wasn't like, I mean, there's some films that do it where it's like a depressing sort of, you know, the good guys don't win. That, and that's fine. Like, you know, The Mist was like a good one for that. Like, it's really depressing at the end, but it probably hits you hard with it. This one just happens and you're like, okay, right. Well, it's a good thing that this is finished because that means the film's finished. Great. Hmm. So, yeah, I was angry at Johnny. I was angry at you last time. <laughs> I was really angry at you. Ang- I like. I mean, I know I you didn't know. If you'd if you'd picked this film having seen it before, I think I would have. <laughs> it's like just un- unfriended, delete, yeah. making you uh, question why you do a movie podcast. Because that I, I sort of started the podcast saying like, you ever get that feeling where like you just don't want to do the podcast? And I think it was like right around the time that he was watching this film, where he was like, "Why did I do this to myself? Why did I, do I, would, this? I think I w- I would have turned this off if." Wasn't doing it for this. I I don't think this film was as bad as that Halloween film we watched. Uh, no, that was be- that was much better. That was not better. Was it at least had an interesting structure and it had like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was Ooh. more recognizable. 
Um, Aaron, have you? Bird sorry, have, are, you well. are you? Are you? Sorry, do, that, that's probably a boring. I'm done. Have you done? Right, boring, Aaron, have you got any gripes? That and hasn't already I mentioned. I mean, look, I was, I was like, you, you strapped me into that roller coaster, and I, I went along for the ride. Like, I, I didn't hate it. I definitely didn't hate it. I also didn't love it. Like, I, I understand all of Ant's gripes. I definitely, definitely do. But my, my thing is like, just don't get deep with it. Like, you, all you need to do is Google the director, see what he looks like, and then hear the story <laughs> that he went, he was in a desert on an LSD trip for however many years, and you're like, oh, that's why this film is bad. Because this guy is crazy. He's, he's, he's rocking a handlebar. I think any listeners, just Google the director for this film. Just get an image, and then that'll explain wh- what you just went through. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll add, I mean, I'm going to put up a slight defense for this film. I feel <laughs> like paprika. I feel like <laughs> there what? there is if you if you really really wanted to if you really tried you could probably pull out some hidden meaning in this whole film. Yeah. I think there's a lot of like well there could potentially I I'm not 100% of this. There could potentially be a lot of symbolism in there and there could there could be, you know, a really interesting th- th- thoughtful story in this mess well, of a film one. but there was one Annihilation is based <laughs> in the same book that's the film that you want to watch if you want to watch about a similar no, aspect in this book Annihilation is a book before it was a film I've read but the it book. was based on the it's based on this original oh, shot this really? original mm. HP Lovecraft story oh wow okay well yeah I mean anyway, sorry, sorry Annihilation off, is that, that is that is the film the that's like, yeah I mean like the people who like uh, HP Lovecraft seem to really like this film for some reason and I don't think it's just over style and because it's directed or produced by people who've done great films in the past i think people do genuinely love it but i, I can't I, I can't really see what it is about it that people really like apart from oh, right. just yeah. like like some bits i think look quite nice um and there are some like memorable moments and there's some little key bits of dialogue which are quite funny but beyond that there isn't a great story to get your teeth into. It's just like there was one good line that I liked. Go on then. Um, was when he was taking his daughter upstairs, attic, and he was like, "We're a family, and if there's one thing families do, it's stick together." <laughs> now feed your mother. <laughs> that was quite funny, but yeah, I didn't like exactly laugh out loud the whole thing. It was just Nick Cage came out with some funny stuff. That that would probably be the best bit about this film is Nick watching Nick Cage be weird. Yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, but there's I mean, better films. He's he's he's, better, he's weirder in other films. And he's better in them. So yeah. So as in regards to me thinking whether it would be a Mandy two, it's definitely not, definitely not. But anyway, right. Let's um, go on to our one star reviews. Have you got anything? Well, I was gonna say yeah. The, the the you know you say that like HP Lovecraft, HP Lovecraft fans like liked it. I was reading lots of one star reviews and. Um, there's a few fans that do like him that hated the film because apparently it wasn't like the book. Anyway, uh, I've only got one. Uh, it's from Alma. She says, <clears throat> My father asked me to watch this film with him on Saturday night. Once the film ended, he apologized for subjecting me to this torture. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever forgive him. 
Uh, one, I've got one here, but it doesn't say who it's from. Um, yep. Utter garbage. Ignore the good reviews. People are odd. Sorry, brackets. People are odd. This film is a poor imitation of the monster flicks of old and tries so hard to pay homage to. Boring, plotless, nonsensical rubbish. Even lacks a decent ending. You've been warned. <laughs> Not funny, really, but really, fairly on the point, I think. Yeah. Me. I think that's. Um, is it, have you got any more or? I've got, um, may have said, uh, you do not watch this. You never watch this. For if you do, just don't say, I didn't warn you. Okay. Yeah, I think I think everyone's just so bemused after watching this film. They can't string the proper sentence together to <laughs> describe their um, joy or there hatred. Are good, there are a lot of positive reviews. I was There's surprised when I went on to this that it, was a eighty six percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which means the majority of people like it. Yeah. So I guess they were just itching for another Mandy though, and like they were happy to take whatever that, they that got. Was, that's like critics as well. <laughs> I guess they probably took some LSD. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh where are we putting it? Uh where are we gonna put it? Um Run through so the list. currently at number one we've got Moonlight, two is Blue Ruin, number three is Green Room, number four is Paprika, number five is Escape from Pretoria, six is Unleashed, and seven is Pitch Black. Now, let's go to Aaron first, let's see where he thinks it should go. <laughs> is it as bad as... Oh, I don't... I didn't... Hmm. Right, this is purely based off if I could watch one or the other again. I think I would probably w- prefer to watch this one again over watching Pitch Black. That's it. That's all I've got. I think it should be ahead of Pitch Black. But if it's below Pitch Black, I'm really not that. I, you know, it can be there at the bottom. It's got a better soundtrack than, like, any of the bottom two. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Sorry. And- <laughs> On, Go I, on. I would I would say the same. I think ooh, between Unleashed oh. and Pitch Black, I would say that's that, that's a strong <laughs> place to, to to put it. I'm I'm not looking up at the Zoom because I don't know what Ant's face is doing, but <laughs> um, I'm just looking at my papers. Uh, yeah, it, it sh- th- this should be like Unleashed is such a better film than this film. Unleashed, it should be like there should be like ten films in between them. Unleashed is a great film. Pitch Black is a <laughs> film of the, of the early two thousands. I still quite like it. Uh, it. I'm not gonna fight. It, so I'm not gonna fight. For no, it no, you can fight. Yeah, I can be convinced. Like I'm not bothered. It can go. Know, it can go below can, Pitch no, Black. The thing is, I don't know if I can like earnestly give it like a proper like fight to be honest. Because Pitch Black wasn't like I didn't love Pitch Black. It was it was interesting to watch as a as a sort of historical sort of uh, time capsule. Um, if you got, I mean, I'll let you guys decide. Which you can just pick, and I don't care because you guys, you're the majority. So yeah, you guys pick and. Go. I I I think this goes to number seven, and Pitch Black goes to number eight. I think that's okay. All right, I'm fine. I don't. I don't really care. Those there, two. Those two can say some the shake, shaking heads. Um, I, I, between Pitch Black and this, I'd probably more likely to watch. This again, if, yeah, I, if I was again. pushed, um, yeah, I'd I'd watch this 
Um, and what I'd do is I'd <laughs> probably blur it out and turn the sound off. <laughs> just watch the colours, the pretty colours. Nice. Yeah, I would, I would choose to experience this film. Great. So just watch Mandy. Don't <laughs> you go to press play on this, and then you just look at Mandy and you press play on that instead, because you're just going to get a much better experience. Yeah, Mandy was like, Mandy was like a game changer. An art, like an art, You could go to like an art gallery and watch that or something. It was like beautiful. You know how horrendously like disgusting and and the top it was and stuff. It was, and like that chose to use. Nick Cage, like really sporadically, Pro- like it was, yeah, he was yeah. fairly normal guy until things went absolutely crazy, and then they turned him up to like eleven for a few <laughs> yeah, points. They did, but it was um, good. It was in, written well. In this film, it was just like up and, down, up and down, up and down, up and down. Yeah. yeah. So, and what have you got yes. for us next okay. week? So, <laughs> please, so something far, easy. We've had <laughs> please <laughs> for, for space. We've had oh. paprika. And uh, colour out of space. I'm which we've not left the atmosphere. Yeah, no. It's been weird. And, and I was really struggling to think of what I could Please. do. Because I was I was trying to think of Can we watch Wally? <laughs> I was trying to think of a film I hadn't seen that was in space and I actually couldn't pick one. Yeah. Um, we've seen them all, haven't we? I almost went with an old Star Trek film. Ooh. But I think I've seen most of them, so again I couldn't pick pick one of those I ended up deciding to go with a film I hadn't seen from the 90s uh, I went with Contact oh 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 Contact I can't remember if this is good or not the, uh, which I haven't seen it's a Robert Zemeckis film nice stars um, Jodie Foster and Matthew McConaughey yeah and I have no idea what happens in it so I've always sort of heard about it a little bit, and you know, I know a little bit about it, but not. I know it's to do with contacting aliens, I guess, but I don't really know much else about it. Uh, and I've never seen it, and uh, good things. So I thought I'll go with that. It's kind of to do with space. Nice. Yeah. Will we leave the atmosphere? I... <laughs> That's a question. I no idea. So I, I I have seen this, but I saw it many years ago. Right, so this is what I think happens. Again, just don't spoil it for me. I admit, <laughs> look, listen, listen. I'm not gonna spoil it. They hear some aliens and then they shoot someone into space. I think that's what happens. Think. Oh, Let's find out. Think. Well, have you seen it? Uh, yeah, I think I've seen it twice. Twice. Yeah. Must be good. Then. Um, it's a chunky film, and two and a half hours. So uh, yeah, we'll have to. Is it that long? We'll have okay. to uh, <laughs> plan that in. <laughs> oh man, and this better be a breeze. I don't know if I can take any more. Like. I, couldn't, I couldn't think of any of us. I've looked, I couldn't find any of the films that are in space that I've not seen. I just couldn't. Oh, there was one. There was Gravity, but I just really didn't fancy it. Oh, man. If you did show some Gravity, I would have been. Yeah. Moonlight and Gravity is like one and two. Mm, yes, please. Is it that? I, I always think it looks rubbish. I just never, never bothered what? with it. Are you yeah. insane? Ah. I can't believe we're having to watch Contact oh. over Gravity. That is frustrating. <laughs> Sandra Bullock in that film is phenomenal. Yeah. Proper s- oh, sweaty palm way, film. I think at some point we should maybe look at doing a, a quick review of all the films we've ever done for this podcast. Quite interesting. But uh, for a me, quick I, 
I'd watch well a canal. Three hour pod. <laughs> I'd uh, I reckon uh, I'd rather watch Bird Box over Color Out Space. Ah oh, yeah, better film. I, I I again we keep saying it, but I would like to revisit Bird Box. Maybe we should all watch it again and just do a little mini like. Oh, like a, what have you been watching? Yeah, Bird Box yeah. edition. Okay, I would I rewatch Twitch it. Watch along or something. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, well, on that <sighs> note, let's let's end this episode. So, thank you very much for listening. Apologies if it's been a complete and utter mess, but I think that's like a good reflection on what the film is. So, uh, yeah, again, if you want to contact us, you can find us on Instagram at the movie quest, or you can send us an email at podcast at the dot com. And we will see you next week when we will be watching contact. So see you soon. See ya. Bye. episode's finished now we actually decided to do gravity next week so if you want to check that out go and do so also happy birthday Ant. hope you have a good day see you next time